even more. All right. Are you ready for the word of the Lord this morning? Uh, go ahead and uh, stand to your feet, if you will. And while you're standing, go ahead and turn to uh, Philippians chapter number two in your Bibles. Philippians chapter number two. And we're going to start reading in verse number one. Philippians chapter number two, and we're going to start reading in verse number one, and I believe we're going to go down to verse number nine. When you get there, you can say amen. amen. Therefore, if there is any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love being of one accord and one mind. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for your own, for his own interest, but also the interests of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God did not consider it a robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, this is the moment, this is the hour. God, where all of the church, Lord, has positioned itself, Lord, to hear what God has to say. God, I pray that there will be clarity of mind. I pray, God, that there will be an openness, Lord, in all of our hearts. I pray that the Holy Spirit will just invade the areas of our lives that needs to be transformed right now in the name of Jesus. We commit this service to you. Use me, Lord. Use this vessel for your glory as always. And God, I will and we will give you the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You can be seated in the Lord's presence. Um, every time about this year, I kick off a new series uh, that really kind of, uh, kind of describe what our year will be uh, in 2016 and whenever I start in January. And so January has been really dubbed the vision month for our church. And pretty typically, we always kind of set some direction, some goals in terms of what God wants to do. I want you to know right at the beginning, before we kick off this series, that there has been a lot of prayer that has gone into this series. Uh, I really believe that God still speaks today. And what God has given us for 2016, our go word is serve. Everybody say serve. Now, I want you to look up on the screen. I hope, I hope we have it. Do we have? Uh, great. Uh, serve is really an acronym, and it kind of describes what serve is. As you can see at the screen, uh, the S stands for sacri uh, sacrificially or sacrifice. So we're going to be serving sacrificially. Uh, the E stands for excellence. So we're going to serve with excellence. Uh, the R stands for reaching out. And so this year we will be uh, reaching out. That is more having to do with evangelism. And then V stands for vicinity. In other words, serve in your vicinity. And then the E stands for serve and expect, expect, increase. So this will be really what we will be focused on this year. We will focus this year on serving like we never have before. And when I say serving, it is going to be, I'm talking about serving outside of these walls. I'm not just talking about what you do on Sunday morning when you come here. I'm talking about serving out there. How many know that Jesus did 99% of his ministry outside the church building? How many, how many know what I'm talking about? Most of what Jesus did when he was serving, Jesus was serving out in the streets. And so we're going to kind of go back to that this year. and We'll talk a little bit more about that as we move forward. But let me just kind of set, uh, set the tone for the series and for this sermon. So today we're going to address the first letter, which is sacrifice. Now, in today's culture, 
I understand that sacrifice is, in a, in a lot of circles, a dirty word. Because whenever you hear, you hear the term sacrifice, immediately you think of having to uh, give up something for the value of the benefit of others. And quite frankly, when we talk about sacrifice, many of us are not very comfortable because we understand what it means. Now, in today's culture, how many know that we live in a culture today where everybody is about serving themselves? Every, I mean, think about it. We live in a society today where the focus is all on what I want. doesn't matter how my actions or how what I do affects you. It is all about me. We live in an all-about-me culture. So even though in, in society, sacrifice is a dirty word, or in some ways, I think even an unknown word, uh, how many know that in biblical Christianity, sacrifice is not only expected, it is meant to be a lifestyle. Everybody say lifestyle. Paul said that I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present yourselves a living sacrifice. In other words, when it comes down to sacrifice, Christians are supposed to be the examples of what sacrifice really means. Because how many know, this is, a, this is let, me, let me share this with you because I've seen this uh, over the years. But I discovered this truth, that the more focused you are on yourself, the more unhappy you will be. Did you hear that? We live in a culture, it's, it's one thing to have a healthy perspective and view of yourself. I'm, I'm not talking about that. That's a good thing. But it's a whole other thing when it seems like that all you think about is how it's going to benefit me. And how many know that in the kingdom of God, it was all about laying down your life for somebody else? And Jesus was our perfect example. I think about some of the... Uh, I think about some of the shootings that we've had. We had, a, we had a, a number of shootings in 2015, you know, and it, some of these folks that go out in these places, and, you know, and what they'll do is uh, not only are, do they want to take themselves out, but they say, before we go, I'm going to take out a whole lot of other people with me. And can I say that beside the fact that it's mental illness, that there, there, there is something in that way of thinking that is rooted in selfishness. That is rooted, in, you know, but there's no thought of, you know what, if, if, I, if I kill this person, that, you know, somebody's going to be absent of a mother. Somebody's going to be absent of a daddy. Somebody's going to be absent of a loved one. I mean, they, they don't think that. The thought is, you know what, I'm not going to, uh, not just, I'm just not going to be unhappy, but, you know, my thing is, I'm going to make sure that everybody else is unhappy too. And here's what I'm trying to say to you today, church. Our culture has fostered that kind of attitude that is rooted in selfishness. Imagine for a moment. Are you still with me? Say amen. Imagine for, for a moment a world where everybody just kind of thought about other people before they thought about themselves. Imagine a world where, where we thought all the time about how can I make somebody else's life better? Where the focus is not just about me and what's in it for me, but what can I do to make somebody else's life better? How many know that if people thought that way, how many know we would have less crime? How many know that we would have healthier relationships, right? Because we're not going to hurt people that we love. Are you hearing what I'm saying? How many know we have a better quality of life? How many know people will live longer? How many know you will have more joy and more peace? I want you to understand something this morning, that God created you to serve. You have been created to serve. This is the nature of God. I want you to understand that, and we're, we're going to get into that uh, this morning. Uh, when, you look at, when you really study the Gospels, and you look at the life of Jesus, if you really want to kind of highlight what made his ministry so powerful and what, it, what, it, what was really the, the core of his ministry, how many know that Jesus was a servant? That, I mean, he ran around. I mean, everything, I mean, think about it. The Bible says there were times when Jesus was ministering so much he didn't even have time to eat. 
But every single day, Jesus would get up early in the morning. He would seek the Father. And you know what his mission was? He, was? he wanted to go out and make somebody else's life better. He healed the sick. Did he not do it? He raised the dead. He fed them. He clothed them. He preached hope to them. Jesus was constantly giving out and pouring out himself. He was a servant. And I believe that when we begin to think like that, as a church, as a people, we begin to think, how can we make the lives around us better? And, 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 and just move away from the attitude of, well, it's not about me. What's in it for me? How many know that we got enough of that going on today? Can somebody say amen? We got enough, of, enough people asking, what's in it for me? How about giving Jesus glory is in it for you? How about, how about doing something that will follow you, not, not just uh, here, but follow you up to eternity? How many know that when you lay down your life for somebody, the sister talked this morning about serving. You know, sister, I believe that at the end of this message, you can have a whole bunch of people come to you asking you to serve. Because you'll see there's a benefit in serving, and God, and God values servanthood highly. Highly. Serving, giving of yourselves. This is what God has called us to be and do. So with that being said, I want, to, uh, I want you to look at Matthew chapter number 20, verses 25 through 28. We're talking about sacrifice this morning. Here Jesus is going to give us some insight into what he thinks about serving and servants. Matthew chapter 20, verse 25 and 28. But Jesus called to them, called them to himself. Listen to this, church. He says, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them. And those who are great exercise authority over them. Hear this. Yet it shall not be so among you. So Jesus now is drawing the contrast. Understand, he's drawing the contrast to what most people and how most people view greatness. When most people think about greatness, they think about themselves being up here and somebody serving them. It is not the way it is in the kingdom of God. Are you hearing what I'm saying this morning? Now watch, watch this. He said, yet it shall not be so among you, but whoever desires to become great among you. Can I ask a question? Who wants to be great in the kingdom? I, I want to be great. I, I, I don't know about you. You can sit there and keep your hand down, look all sick. I want to be great. I want, I want to hear Jesus say, well done, good and faithful servant. I want to maximize every opportunity. I don't want to leave nothing on the table. When I get to heaven, I want to be like Paul. Paul said, I poured my life like a drink offering. I poured, I gave it all. I left it in football terms. I left it all on the field. I don't know about you, but I want to leave it all on the field. Yet it shall not be so among you, verse 26, but whoever desires to become great among you, let him be your servant. He didn't say let him go out and make a whole lot of money. Let him go to college and get a whole bunch of degrees. He said, watch this. He said, who, who desires to be great among you, don't go out looking to, to lord it over other people. He said, here's, he said, here's what you do. Be a servant. Be a servant. And whoever desires to be first among you, let him be your slave, just as a son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. Now, I want you to think about this for a moment, because when we talk about greatness. Greatness symbolizes power. It symbolizes uh, authority, influence, and notoriety. Now, I want you to understand something in this particular passage. Jesus wasn't rebuking or Jesus wasn't against the idea of becoming great. Right? He wasn't, he wasn't against the idea of becoming great. He, what he was addressing is, how do you become great? So the question is, how do I become great in God's eyes? What is greatness defined in terms of how God sees it? And so Jesus says, if you really want to be great, he says, here's what you got to do. I want you to get down and look at your life as one that exists to make other people's lives better. In other words, Jesus was saying this, step outside of yourself. <laughs> he said, come outside of yourself, because how many know that's what Jesus did? 
How many know Jesus stepped outside of himself? And, and, and he, he did it in a great way. But how many know that, that, that God came down in flesh and, and Jesus, and we'll talk about that here in a moment, but he humbled himself. He humbled himself. How, how many understand that, 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 that Jesus, even though he is great, when he was walking the planet, how many know that he didn't look at people uh, lesser than? When Jesus was walking the planet, he didn't, even though he was God in the flesh, how many know Jesus, Jesus didn't have an identity Christ? Jesus knew exactly who he was. And even though he was God, when he walked the planet, how many know Jesus was constantly, consistently serving, giving of himself, pouring of himself? Because he says, look, look at this verse right here, the last part of the verse. He says, just as the Son of Man, get this church, did not come to be served, but to serve. But he doesn't even stop there because that's enough, right? He said, but to be served, watch this, not, not, I did not come to be served, but to serve. And watch this, to give his life a ransom for many. How many know that's radical service? Jesus, watch this, church. Jesus, he didn't just come to serve. Jesus served to death. See, I'm, I'm taking. I'm, I'm, see, see, see. Understand, see, understand, understand this principle. When Jesus came, Jesus did not. When Jesus, even though he was God in flesh, he did not come down. His attitude was 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 not serve me. I'm the Son of God. I got all power. How many know he got all power? How many know he got all authority? He's the creator of the universe. And if the creator of him of the universe humbled himself, got down. And came here to serve, how much more should we? Uh, John chapter 13, I didn't have this in my notes, but you remember that in John chapter 13, and you know, how many ever, uh, you know, you heard of foot washing services? Well, a lot of the foot washing services are based in John chapter 13. And Jesus was, uh, Jesus, right before Jesus was about to ascend into heaven, uh, uh, Jesus went and got a towel, the scripture says, and he girded himself. And then he sat down, watch this, and he, and he began to wash the disciples' feet. And the disciples looked at him and said, hold up. Wait a minute. You're the Lord of glory. You don't wash my feet. I mean, usually when people wash feet in, the, in that day, it was to the person who had a higher ranking. Jesus, who is, he says, you called me Lord, and Lord he is. That Jesus himself got down on his knees and began to wash his disciples' feet, and it blew their minds. And Peter said, you ain't going to wash my feet. And then Jesus said to him, Peter, if I don't wash your feet, you won't have no part with me. Because you don't understand what I am about. How many know that he's about serving? He's about laying down, our life, laying down his life. And I believe that God has called Foundation Church in 2016 to be a great church. Everybody say great. I, won't, I believe God wants us to have greatness. He wants us to have a power. He wants us to have influence. He wants us to have a, a, a notoriety. God wants us to have all that, but how do you know he wants us to have it the right way? See, greatness, watch this, church. As, as a church, greatness is, is not hoping that people discover, discover how wonderful we are and just kind of show up in this place. Greatness is not separating ourselves from the community and preaching hellfire to them. How do you know that ain't it? It's not having uh, long prayer meetings and retreating back to our home and hoping that they show up. It's not in posting big signs around the school hoping that it will lead them here. It's not, just, it's not in just telling them to come. Even I'm not saying those things are not important, but you know what it, what it really is all about? It's about serving. It's about sacrifice. Everybody say sacrifice. How many know that in, in, in today we want it easy? Am I right about it? We don't want to do it if it's not convenient. Come on. We, 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 I mean, we say, we say Jesus is Lord until he called on you <laughs> and he have need of you. Then hold up, Lord. Tell, wait, wait a minute. I got something else to do. Everybody know I'm, I'm meddling now a little bit. I, I see a little bit of uncomfortableness. But if the Holy Spirit is convicting you, deal with it. If, if it ain't you, then just keep on going. Just chew the, chew the meat, spit out the bones, whatever they say. But if it's you, say, Lord, I hear you. How many know you'd be better for it? 
So greatness is defined by serving with our gifts and our talents and our abilities. How many know that the gifts and the talents and the abilities that you got, God gave it to you to serve other people? Do you not understand that? Your job is to say, I was listening one time to Steve Jobs. I, you know, I, don't know, I know some of you got some mixed feelings about Apple, but, but, but he says something because I, I, I listen to all leaders. I, I do. I, just, I, like, I like good leadership. And one of the things that, that Steve Jobs said, and it was really uh, rooted in a biblical principle, he said this right before the you know, iPad and the, the iPhone began to soar. One of the things he said, he said, I, he said, I want to build a product that's going to make people's lives better. He said, he said I want to serve them. I want to influence the world. I want to give them something that will make them better. In other words, he had a gift and a talent, and his thought was, how can I improve the quality of their lives? How many of you right now, your phone, you own your phone like 90% of the time during the day? Sometimes too much. Am I right about it? Some of y'all are Facebook junkies. I ain't there Facebook junkies. Now I'm going to keep going. I'm really telling now. I'm, I'm going to get off of that. But the Son of Man did not come to be served, but he came to serve. How much more should we think otherwise? Now, let's go back. Let's go to our main text this morning in Philippians chapter number 2, verses 1 through 9. Jesus here, Apostle Paul, uh, I, I love the Apostle Paul because when you study the life of, of the Apostle Paul, and, and Philippians is really, if you really want to understand what, what made the Apostle Paul tick, you got to read the book of Philippians. The Apostle Paul was all in. I'm going to tell you something. The Apostle Paul had given himself to Jesus. And how many know that, 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 that you can be saved, but then there's a being saved, and then there's a being saved. <laughs> the Apostle Paul he went into it. Paul wasn't, listen, Paul wasn't bothered about, he, wasn't, he didn't talk about, you know, make sure you got a little balance here, a little balance there. No, the Apostle Paul, when you read the book of Philippians, the Apostle Paul was all in, all in. It was Christ and nothing else. Now, hear this, church. Look at this, look at this. He says here in, in, uh, in verse number, I'm not going to read all this because I read it here a moment ago. But, but, but Paul says in, in Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 through 9, he says, now there Therefore, if there is any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord and of one mind. So here what the Apostle Paul is doing, he's calling the church to unity. He says if there is going to be any encouragement, if there is going to be any comfort, if there is going to be true fellowship in the Spirit, if there's going to be any affection, if there's going to be any mercy, he said, here's what we got to do. We got to be on the same mind. How many know, church, if we're going to make a difference as a church, how many know that we got to get on the same page? Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Are, are come on, say amen if you're hearing that. If we're going to make any difference, how many know that we got to come together? Everybody say come together. This is what Paul was saying. But then in verse number three, Paul goes and he says this, but do nothing for selfish ambition. Do nothing for selfish ambition. I, I, I remember um, some years ago when I first uh, got called into ministry, and, and, I, and I say this uh, to my shame, but, you know, when I first got called into ministry, I got called into ministry sometime around 1997, and I really sensed that God was really just impressing upon me to go into ministry. And I will say to you that when I first began uh, to really to process what God was doing in my life, that I really looked at my calling as a way for me uh, to kind of to, to, to demonstrate my, 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 my gifts and, and what I could do. And for a long time, it took me a while to figure that out. How many, time, how many know that sometimes when God calls you, oftentimes, it don't mean he's calling you to do it right now. Sometimes God calls you and then he puts you on the shelf for a little while. He said, you need to wait. Is anybody hearing me this morning? And I thought at that time when God called me in 1997, brother, I thought I was ready. You couldn't tell me nothing. And I remember I used to get upset and get mad, and boy, people didn't recognize my gift. It's all about me, brother. And you know, and I was obsessed with myself without even realizing it. Because here's what I was doing. I would always worry about what people say, what people think about me. I always had to kind of impress them, you know. I had to do the right thing. I had to say the right words. I had to make sure I did everything right. And it's all about me. And then I get up there. I'm all nervous and all worried. Why? Because I'm focused on me. But the deliverance came when I realized that God called me not to serve myself. He called me. See, I want, to, I want to say something to you very truthfully this morning. 
I am done. <laughs> Listen, I ain't trying to impress nobody. I am so far beyond that. I ain't trying to entertain nobody. Uh, you, know, uh, you know, I just want to do what God's called me to do. Uh, listen, I don't care if you pat me on the back. I don't care if you like the way I look. I don't care if you like. I don't care. I really don't. All I want to do is make your life better. All I want to do is to help you to see Jesus. All I want to do is to help you. I am a servant. I'll spend hours in the Word. I'll spend hours studying. I'll spend hours praying. Why? Because I understand that I am called to lay down my life. And it's not just me, but God called you to do it too. Because unfortunately, can we be real today? There's so many churches that promotes the idea that it's all about them. And so all the people, listen, most Christians look at maturity like this. You know, God give me my stuff. It's all about my stuff. I mean, no, it's bigger, deeper than that. Stuff ain't going to do nothing for you. It's going to give you temporary satisfaction. Mick Jagger, I can't get it. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Some of y'all know Mick Jagger, I can't get no I have wonder about this group sometimes. I, I, don't, I don't know. So Paul said, do nothing for, with, with selfish ambition. In other words, get out of yourself. Don't do it. You know, there are some people who will not serve and help somebody else unless there's something in it for them. How many know that there were times when Jesus gave and it wasn't reciprocated? How many know that one time he healed the lepers? You remember he healed the ten? And everybody else ran. Who came back? One. Jesus didn't go back and say, oh, wait a minute, let me go get the rascal that I healed and get my healing back. How many know he let him go? He blessed the one. There are times when you're going to serve and it's not going to be reciprocated. There, how many of you have done things for people and they didn't even give you a thank you? How you know what I'm talking about? They didn't even acknowledge, they didn't do anything. And you know what? If your heart wasn't right, you really get really mad about that thing. But when you are serving, you understand, I didn't do this for the benefit of me anyway. I had no ambition other than to make your life better. Are you hearing what I'm saying this morning, church? This is what it's about. He says, watch this. In, in verse 3, he says, in lowliness of mind, esteem others better than yourself. Oh, God. Let me know that. See, when we see a person who has if you see a person who has less money than you, less education than you, less social status than you, you know what Jesus is calling you to do? Don't think of yourself as being better. Can, can, you know, I have to check myself all the time. Does anybody else have to check themselves? See, see, see I've worked in law enforcement for some 25 years. And there are times when I can go in certain communities and certain places and there are certain people, and I can think in my mind, I have to beat back my flesh, I'm a little bit better than you are. And that is not the mind of Christ. How many know that every person is valuable to God? Every person. How many know every person is made in the image of God? Are you hearing me? So, so the way Jesus looked at it, when Jesus walked the earth, even though in reality it was all about him, he ministered in such a way that it wasn't about him. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It was all about him because how many know it's about Jesus? But when Jesus carried himself, he, Jesus did not carry himself like, oh, uh, I'm, I'm the greatest, you just... You know, how many know if Jesus wanted to, he could have wiped out all the Roman soldiers with one word, bam. He, Jesus looked at, he looked, he, he looked at, he looked at, who was it, uh, 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 Herod, and said, uh, Herod said, don't you know, Jesus, that I have power over you? I have power to crucify you. And the one time Jesus opened my mouth, Jesus looked up, he said, hold up, wait a minute. You have no power over me. But that power which has been given unto you. In other words, a part of that guard nature came out in that moment. He had to straighten them out. Because even though Jesus is cloaked in power, he's a servant. Now watch this. Now let's keep going with this. I want to, he says in verse number five. Are you still listening? Say amen. I want you to understand here that Paul is talking to all Christians. He's talking to the Philippians. So I want you to get it out of your mind right now that Paul is just talking to the leadership of the church. Paul is just talking to, you know, some, some folks who have the high rankings in the church. I want you to understand, listen, that the Apostle Paul here is talking to the Philippians, and this is a word for 
everybody. Everybody say everybody. All right. I'm from the country, so I do that every now and then. It makes me, it makes me identify with my people. Amen. He says now, verse number five, let this mind be in you. Watch this. Th- think about it. Let this mind be in you, get this, which was also in who? Now, I want you to understand something. When Jesus died on that cross, when he came and humbled himself the way he did, okay, understand something, that just wasn't an act. That wasn't just something that he did for that moment. This is who he is. Do you hear that? See, how many know the stinking pride? You know why, you know, you know why there's problems in the world today? How many know Satan was kicked out of heaven because of his pride? How many know that God is a God of humility? It's his nature. He says, so Paul says this, let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. So let's, let's rewind. So what was Christ Jesus' mind like? Christ Jesus, he walked around, he did good. Christ Jesus walked around, every opportunity he had, he laid down his life. He poured out himself like a drink offering. Every time he turned around, Jesus was serving. He was giving. He was serving. He laid down his life. And Paul said, let the same mind that was in Jesus be in you. How do you like that? And that's what he said. Watch this. He said, let the same mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus, though, listen, church, look at this, verse 6. Who being in the form of God, because how many know if your theology is right, Jesus is a God-man. Somebody say amen to that. Who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal to God, with God. In other words, even though Jesus was God, Jesus did not use his, his, his God nature to exploit it for personal gain. At that moment in time, even though he was God, Jesus humbled himself. Think about what humility. Think about it. He was glorious. He's the king of kings. He's the Lord of lords. How many know that he's all sufficient? He don't need anything and he don't need anybody. He came down off of that throne and he humbled himself. He got down to the lowest place to serve. And not only to serve, because many of us don't have a problem with serving people that we love. Come on, somebody. Many of us don't have a problem serving people that we like, but, but it's serving people who we don't like, people who don't like us. How many know that's more of a challenge? How many know that's what Jesus did? Jesus served people who did not like him, who was always suspicious of him. All them people that he ministered to. I mean, one setting he ministered to 5,000 people. Another setting he ministered to to 4,000 people. I mean, he ministered to thousands of people. But we know when Jesus died in the upper room, it was only about 120. Where are all the folks at? Where 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 are they at? Jesus, he, he just, he served. He gave of himself. Jesus saw himself, listen to me, because this is, what, this is the mind of Christ. I want you to get this revelation. This is, this is it right here. Jesus saw himself as existing to serve other people. Did you hear that? Jesus, the way he looked at his life, he said, I came to, I came to, to serve, not be served. In other words, his mission in life was I exist. To make your life better. I exist to serve you. I exist to serve. Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. Ain't that what Apostle Paul said? A- am I reading it right? So Jesus, Jesus existed to come and give himself, to give his life, and to serve. I have you know he served unto death. Jesus' attitude was not, you know, if Jesus would have been thinking like some of us think, you know, I want to live a long life, man. I have time for that. When is somebody gonna when is somebody gonna care for me? I mean, no, Jesus wasn't thinking that way. You know, I need my rest too. When's somebody gonna work? I mean, no, Jesus wasn't walking, he wasn't worried, he wasn't too worried about that. I don't have time. How many know if Jesus didn't have time, you wouldn't be sitting here today? Ain't you glad he had, he had time? Come on, give Jesus a praise clap. You don't have to give Pastor a praise clap, but give Jesus a praise clap that he did not say, I don't have time. 
He made time to give his life, and he did it every day. I mean, that when he died, that was the pinnacle of his sacrifice. But you understand that Jesus served every single day. And because of his service, how many know Jesus' ministry has exploded around the world? Lives have been changed everywhere because of his service. This is what God has called us to be and God has called us to do. Let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. But look at this, Philippians chapter number 3, verses 4 and 8. Go ahead, turn there real quick. Philippians chapter number 3. We're almost done. Philippians chapter number 3, verses 4 and 8. He says, though I also might have confidence in the flesh. <laughs> I love Paul. He said, if anyone else think that he may have confidence in, in the flesh, in other words, he says the flesh, he's really talking about, uh, you know, his, his, his accolades, you know, what, his accomplishments. He says, I more so. He says, look, I was circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of the Hebrews. Concerning the law, a Pharisee. Concerning zeal, I persecuted the church. Concerning righteousness, which is of the law, I was blameless. But what things were gained to me? Get this, church. These I counted loss for Christ. He didn't even stop there. He said, what things were gained to me, I counted loss. He said, yet indeed, also, I count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord. But he did not stop there. He said, for whom I have suffered the loss of everything. And watch this. He said, and I count them as rubbish. See, that's really a, 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 really a poor translation of the word rubbish. Because nobody really says rubbish today. But if you really look at study that word, and I get it. You study that word really in the Greek. You know what that word means? Dung, doo doo. Do I need to elaborate anymore? If I actually said to y'all, some of y'all leave it here, you never come back. Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? Paul said that all of his accolades, he said everything that he had accomplished in life, he said, Paul said, I gave it all up for Christ. He said, the only thing that mattered to me was Christ. And Christ alone, I don't care about anything else. My affections, he said, everything. He said, I don't even, I don't even sweat it. He said, I lost everything and I'm glad about it. Because I got Jesus. Have you, is anybody hearing this this morning? Paul had accomplished a lot of personal, he had a lot of personal success. I mean, a top Pharisee, he obeyed the law. He had status. He was educated uh, beyond his peers. He was blameless. By all accounts, Paul was distinguished in every way. And when Paul realized Christ, he said, this don't matter to me no more. I'm ready, I'm ready to give it up. How many know that in order to serve Christ the way that Christ wanted to be served, we got to give up some stuff? Now, now, I said last week, because it gets quiet when we talk about sacrifice. But how many know that's what sacrifice means? But I want you to understand that this is a Christian value. This is who we're supposed to be. I know it sounds foreign. How many know that the church ought to lead the way in serving and helping other people? This is just what we do. It is not something that we do on a, it, it is a lifestyle that Christ wants us to have. So I want to give you, with that being said, I want you to kind of remember a couple of things. Remember I just said about the Apostle Paul. Paul said, I gave up everything for Christ. Can I ask you the question? Can I ask you a question? When you came to Christ, what did you give up? Better yet, what are you still holding on to? Paul realized that the greatest treasure that he could have ever had was Christ. He realized it. He realized that he had some. How many know that Jesus is far better than everything in your life? Come on, church. Jesus is far better. Do you not realize that everybody who is around you who is unhappy today is because they think that somehow that, that Jesus is not enough? I'm here to tell you that Jesus is not enough. I'm broke and I'm happy about it. And some of you are saying, what are you, what are you talking about? I'm not sweating it. You know, I wish, I, you know, I, I have skills and ability. That I can do a whole lot of things other than be here every Sunday preaching and giving up money so I could come here every week because I give up a lot of money to come here and preach every Sunday and do what I do. I'm not complaining. I just want you to know I give it up gladly 
because I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to advance the kingdom of God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Are you hearing what I'm saying? So I only want to, pro- I only want to progress in life as the kingdom of God and his people progress. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I live for you. Are y'all hearing that? I live for you. So I'm going to give you a quick snapshot of our vision in 2016. This is a quick snapshot, okay, because we're going to be talking about it all month, so I'm not going to have time to go through all of it. As I said before, our theme for 2016 is serve. We're going to take them, we're going to do just what Jesus did. In fact, I, we're going to be so busy serving one another that we're going to have time for bickering and arguing, and he said, she said. How do we know a lot of times he said, she said stuff happened because we ain't focused on the right things? Are you hearing what I'm saying? How do we know we got too much work to do? Too many lives that got to be changed. We can't listen. We got to deal with our personality conflicts. Can y'all, somebody say amen to that? See, obviously, how do we know that, that we're going to target our community? How many know that Jesus did target ministry? Jesus said he came to the, lost, to the house of the lost sheep of Israel. Remember who Jesus came to minister to first? His ministry was for the whole world, but he was on earth. He came to the sheep. He, came, he targeted the Jews. That's what got his primary goal at that particular time. And we know his ministry expanded greater than that, but that was what he was doing. So we start right here. How many know that God didn't put us here in Stafford County to just be another church and just look cute and have church on Sundays? How many know... I, 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 I mean, I want to make a difference. I mean, I, I want our church to be great. I, I want people to be talking about, man, those people over there, that church, boy, those folks, man, they are off the chain. So we want to be known in 2016, hear this, as a church that serves. Serves. We're going to be on the map in, 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 in some strategic ways. We're, everybody, well, I don't have it, but we, how many of you got your yellow t- Foundation Church T-shirts? We're asking everybody to get a T-shirt. If you need to get a sweater, get a winter ed- edition, edition of it. Or, you know, uh, get a, get a, but here's what we're going to do. Every time you step out and you're going to do a service for the church, because I'll be calling it, you'll be stepping out, you'll be seeing, we'll talk about that as we go forward. We want you to put on your yellow shirt. So I want the community to say, every time they see those, their bright yellow shirts, how many know they're bright in Jesus' name? We made them bright on purpose in Jesus' name. We want to be seen. Jesus, let men see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. So we want everybody to see that yellow shirt. We want people to say, man, they're here to serve. They're here to help. Great. We, we, we want them here. Um, so we're going to be known as a church that serves. I've directed all of our staff to somehow exercise their ministries outside of the walls. How many know that we need to be focused out there and not just in here? Sometimes we're too inward focused. And when we're too inward focused, we're, we're, we're not seeing the field the way God wants us to see it. Now, here's how we intend to do it, very quickly. We're going to serve in our public uh, safety sector. We will serve you know, in, 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 you know, when there are major incidents that happen in our community. We're going to figure out ways to serve. God forbid if there's some kind of a terrorist act or major crime that is newsworthy, a shooting or rape, and we know about it. Instead of just reading the paper about it, we're going to ask God to equip us to be a blessing somehow. I have favor now with the new sheriff. How many know we got a new sheriff in town in Stafford County? And he's a good friend of mine. And so when situations and things arise, and I've already put them on notes, I'm going to the fire chief and say, look, how can we as a church serve you? Whether it's counseling. Whether it's, giving you, whether it's giving them some resources, whether it's giving food, whether it's going to a crime scene and just handing out bottles of water, we're going to serve. We're going to give right. We're going to take it to the streets. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Are you, this is, how many know this, this is called putting Christianity, this is called walking it out. Not that stuff that we, we ain't, listen, no more are we going to sit here and preach good sermons and have you sit. We're going to preach and have you execute to move, to move. Everybody say move. Only, only Edwin. <laughs> so we're going to help. We're going to be mentors. We're going to get involved in our community. You know, we're going to get involved in our public school system. There, you know, any violence. How many know there's violence all around us in our schools? We had a major incident this year. There are always, you know, people, uh, you know, uh, suicides or, uh, God forbid, some of these horrific school shootings. We're, you know, we're going to be a church that we're going to figure out a way. I'm going to be getting contact. I'm going to be getting in contact with principals. When something happens, I'm going to personally make phone calls, 
And I want to say, is there any way the Foundation Church can help? Is there any way that we can be a blessing? In any way, whether it's small or whether it's big, we want to help. We want to serve. Um, our youth, how many do we have many troubled youth today? We right, we're right here in Moncure Elementary School. We're going to let them know we're here. We're going to serve them because they have been a blessing to us. How many know they've really been a blessing to us here? We're going to support community events and establishments with service where it's needed. You know, we, we, we serve like a national night out. That's a big community event. We'll get involved in that. We had Hope O'Heron last year. Y'all remember that event? There was a lot of churches that came. We're going to partner with these ministries. We're going to, we're going to work with other churches this year. I'm going to, I got already a relationship with several pastors. You're going to be hearing about it, but we're going to be doing some things where we're going to tackle issues within our community together. We're going to make our resources go further, but we're going to do it together. Now, this is going to require, now, how, how are we going to find out about this stuff? We're going to find out about it because you are going to be looking, and I'm going to be looking. And we're going to be looking for opportunities to serve. Um, so it's going to require, now, watch this. This is not something that is just relegated, because I first mentioned this to my staff, you know, you know, as a pastor, you can feel sometimes the tension, and, you know, and I, and I, I felt, the, and not because people don't want to serve, but because, how many know it requires sacrifice? But how many know we need everybody to sacrifice? When your number is called, we need you to step up and say, you know what, Lord, I'm going to be a blessing. Now, let, let, me, let me say this, because I understand I, I see the elephant in the room, and it's a big elephant. The temptation is to say, where am I going to get time to do all of that? Is anybody here who just thought that for a moment? Come on, raise your hand. Let me see it. Nobody thought that. Oh, uh, oh, okay, I got Wow, Lord Jesus, that's a hallelujah. But I want you to ask yourself the following question. This is good. But God, how many know this is what church is? Let me tell you something what God said to me. He said, when we serve in this way, our church is going to grow because let me tell you why it's going to grow because people are going to see how much we love them. And people don't care how much knowledge you got until they know that you care. Are you hearing me? Are you hearing what I'm saying? So I want you, here's a, a couple of questions I want to ask yourself. If for some reason this pops up in your mind, ask yourself the question. Ask yourself this question. Is Christ most important in your life? Are you in this for what Christ can give you or are you in this because you love him and you want to make a difference? Before you say no to a service opportunity, because, you know, either you got something else you want to do, ask yourself this question. The thing that I'm about to do, what spiritual significance does it have? I'm not here to judge. I'm not going to be, listen, I will ask you, and if you can't do it, I'll move to the next person. That's between you and God. I'm not going to get into that. I'm just asking you to ask yourself some questions, because as God, God dealt with me about a few things myself. There are some things that, that I like to do, and it's really, it's an activity. And I'm all for having fun, and, you know, I played Mega Monopoly the other night with my kids. I recommend Mega Monopoly. Mega Monopoly, not the regular Monopoly. I'm telling you, it's great. We had a great time. But, you know, if there's an opportunity for us to do something great, how many know every now and then we're going to have to sacrifice? And we have to determine what that level of sacrifice is going to be. Sometimes it's just a matter of priority. Asking ourselves a question, you know, because how many of you want to do something that's, gonna, that's, gonna, that's, that's really going to make a difference? I don't know about you, but I hate sitting home wasting it. Anybody hate wasting time? I hate it. I mean, I always feel like I was just, you know, I hate it. You ever wasted a day you just felt like, I mean, like, I wasted a whole day. You know, it, I hate it. My wife says, well, you always got to be doing something because I'm, I'm always advancing. I'm thinking about how I can make a difference because time is short. How many know time is short? Live your life serving others, and you would enjoy life so much more. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Your life would be so much better. Um, and then lastly, ask yourself this question. What messages are we sending our children? You know, I, I'll give you this, this example, and I'm talking to you parenthetically here. But let, let, me, let me say this, and then we're closing. Um, some years ago, my wife and I, we had, just like any other family, you know, we got all these kids, you know, the Bailey Bunch, whatever you want to call us, you know, there's a lot of them. You know. uh, and, but there was a time when me and my wife, we were running ourselves ragged. I mean, I remember one day, I mean, we, we, and we used to get in arguments about who was going to take the kid to this activity, that. I mean, I'm just being honest. I mean, we were going through, I mean, and before long, we realized it was like, man, our whole life is being driven by an activity. 
I listen. And we realized, myself, me, me and my wife stopped. We said, no, we got to stop and do it because we asked, that, we asked the question, what spiritual significance is this having? What are we teaching our kids? What's most important? How many of you believe Jesus is most important? Now, if you ask your kids that, if you ask your kids, say, the kid, tell them what dad and mama say. I'm sure they will say Jesus is most important. But here's the question. Do you model it before them? Do they really know it? Because here's what happened. How many know that our kids are not going to be spiritual giants by accident? It ain't just one. One day it's going to happen. Listen, if they're not passionate about the things of God now, we got to look down within ourselves and ask some questions. The activities that I'm doing, it should draw me closer to God and not further away from God. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Ask yourself the question. What kind of spiritual significance is this having? Is it helping anybody? Is it going to do anything that's going to really make a difference? Because how many know the world lives, this is how the world, the world lives, they, keep, they stay busy because this is the way the world do it. You know, keep the kids, be kids. I'm not saying stay busy, but just make sure that there's spiritual, that there, there's some kind of spiritual uh, a significance that is attached to it. Because if you don't, you'll find yourself running to a slave to the activity and your kid is not growing up in the things of God. They have no desire for God. Watch it. That's a sign. Take it from me. I've learned. I'm telling you right now. Watch it. Because we need to model this for our kids. And I can think of no greater way. We want to communicate. How many of you want your kids to be on fire for God? I mean, you want them lit up on fire for God. Then make sure that we're channeling their activities in the right direction so they have a God perspective. And I want to close with this thought. I know some of you right now, and we'll be talking about this kind of thing for the rest of the month, and I'm really excited about it. And I want to I just really just thank everybody who have served in any capacity in the life of our church. But I believe God has something greater for us. And it's going to require a level of sacrifice. It's going to require me to have to look and say, okay, God, what can I do? What am I willing to give up? Well, Pastor, I don't have any. You'd be amazed how much time you have. Sometimes it's just a matter of priorities. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because Jesus said the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. You know what he's saying? He said, there's a whole lot of people out there that need to be touched, but we don't have a whole lot of laborers out there that either have time to do it or even sometimes want to do it. I'm asking you to reorganize your priority and make Jesus the main focus. Now, here's, here's what God will do. You, your life, how many of you have ever done something for somebody and it blessed your heart really good? You helped somebody. How many of you ever done that? When you really help somebody and you, let me tell you something, that's an addictive feeling, ain't it? Don't you feel good when you get outside of yourself? I'm offering you, I'm offering you through the power of Christ, I'm offering you a better quality of life. All the little activities and stuff that we do, I'm not knocking it. You decide, you judge, I'm not even going there. What I'm simply saying is ask yourself some questions. Sit down with your spouse, ask yourself some questions. Because God is going to give us some opportunities and we're going to make a difference. Do you want to make a difference in 2016? Do you want to make a difference in 2016? This is how we're going to do it, amen? Come on, if you receive that, give Jesus a praise. If you receive it, every head is bowed, every eye is closed.